heaven? No. It's Iowa. Hey Ben, uh, I stopped at uh, at K Fry C. You want some chicken? Oh, that's disgusting. Don't talk to me about K Fry C. After that, what we just watched—that's just disgusting. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of gross, I guess. But w- what do you want to say? He McConaughey had some had some fried chicken. I, are we trying to do a bit out of that? I mean, I. It's, it's kind of it was traumatizing. It's traumatizing for for her. It's traumatizing as the viewer. I I don't really want to joke about it, man. You can't make that funny, Ben. I don't know. Fellatioing uh, chicken leg. Ugh, I don't. I don't know. Where, where's the humor in that? Listen, Ben. You insult me again. I'll cut off your face and I'll wear it on my own. You understand? <laughs> uh, I do understand. Do you understand that we're talking about Killer Joe on the Pot of Dreams? Some guys are gonna kill me. Better get out of town quick. You ever hear of Joe Cooper? He's a cop, a detective actually. Got a little business on the side. What you do? He kills people. Mom's got a $50,000 life insurance policy. Killer Joe's a professional. He'll do this right. This murder we're talking about. I ain't agreed to nothing. I heard y'all talking about killing Mama. I think it's a good idea. Well, there you go. My payment is $25,000 in cash. No exceptions. That's not our problem. What is your problem? We have a problem with the advance. No exceptions. Conversation is finished. Of course, we never discussed the possibility of a retainer. What do you mean? Hey, man, you talking about my sister? Is that who she is? You gotta tell her. She'll figure it out. She'll lie, but it'll blow this whole thing real good. Who are you into for this money? What'd he say he'd do to you if you don't pay him? I'm gonna wrap you up in electrician tape and bury you in a coffin about 10 feet deep. And if I tell you the deal's off, you'll never see me again. Do it. Tuna casserole. May I serve? How are you gonna kill my mama? That's not appropriate dinner conversation, Donnie. They're not gonna pay you the money, are they? What happened, Dad? Who told you about Killer Joe? Oh, my God. Were you gonna get a cut of this money? What are you getting at? (laughs) Who's Dad? Joe, listen, we gotta stop this. A toast to my future wife. My sister never did nothing to nobody. I can't let you have her. The retainers for the money. I'm not leaving until I get my money. You know I'll kill you. Smells heavenly. Who would like to say grace? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pod of Dreams. I'm Ben, along with Eric. And today we are talking about Killer Joe. Um, I guess you'd call it late era William Friedkin, who uh, in the early 70s directed The Exorcist. Um, this movie I've been aware of for a, a good decade and never had the opportunity to watch. Saw it was on his Amazon Prime. I thought, all right, this is what Eric and I are going to talk about. I think there's going to be there's going to be some fun stuff to be uh, to talk about here, Eric. 
Um, last week you made it sound like you had never heard of the movie before. Is that right? I really hadn't. Uh, I mean, William Freakin, you know, you talk talk about him in terms of his, you know, standing as a director. This is the guy that made The, the Exorcist, right? He directed that movie. He directed The French Connection. So, I mean, two of them maybe you know, most important like genre movies talk about horror and like crime movies. You talk about French connection. So really one of the most important filmmakers ever. And this is, this is, you know, in the what early two thousands, 2000 or I guess 2011. So, you know, in the next decade makes this movie. I, I really, I mean, I've seen the, I knew McConaughey was in this. He was in this sort of crime movie, but I knew nothing about it at all. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting watch. Um, I don't I don't know what to totally say about it. Uh, well, so yeah, we're, you're gonna have to help me too because I've got I'm still trying to process the movie, and I'm really not entirely sure what all my thoughts are either. Their job. I mean, I wasn't bored. I would say that, but. Uh, I'm not sure what my take on this movie is. We're going to be kind of working through it together because I'm a little baffled. Um, you know, I will say my, so my main, my main issue with this movie, which I, I did generally like is the age of Dottie, the little sister. I had, I had a real problem that the character that Juno temple plays, you'll, you'll go through the plot of the movie, but um Sure. That was my biggest issue is like, how old is this girl woman supposed to be? Cause that, that was my problem. So yeah, maybe go through the plot. People haven't seen this movie. I, I, well, yeah, I, I wondered the same thing, how old she was. I, I landed somewhere between 16 and 20, but I wasn't sure. That's a big difference. in my Oh, life. I know. Oh, I know. But it, I, I don't know how much difference it really makes. Cause McConaughey's a creep, no matter what it just, how, how yeah, creepy is he? But, and how creepy are the other people? But how creepy is he? The sixteen to twenty makes a big difference for me. But I guess I mean to me he's a, a creep. There's a, still a massive power dynamic, and it's not we're not sure how aware she is of things. I mean, there's a whole other question of, of her yeah. perception of what's happening um, and her agency. That her her mental <laughs> acuity, I think, is a, a big right. issue too. So. We start off meeting this family that lives in a trailer park in Texas. Chris, played by um, God, no, I can't. Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsh. Hirsh. There we go. Yeah, the guy from Into the Wild. Who, who, again, is another. If we're going through, I don't, I don't care for that guy. But let's, let's. Well, his performance here baffled it. me. I spent a while. I oscillated. Is he ever like, good in anything? Well. I'll set that question aside. I don't really know. He seems okay in Into the Wild. I don't know. I, I have not seen all of that movie. He, he is good in Into the Wild, yeah. He seems like I don't have a problem with that. He's he, okay he came in, to like, fame in that in that high school movie with the the chick who's like a porn star. The Girl Next Door is girl, what that the movie girl is. Next Door, yeah. He was okay in that. He wasn't great, but he's also not like a big time star. But he's I, like I a really, fake ass DiCaprio is is how I perceive him. Maybe. I, I yeah, he's definitely not DiCaprio in terms of talent or anywhere close. But I, I was confused by his performance for parts of this movie because it, sometimes it seemed like he was in a different movie. But he's other so, people he's supposed to be like his parents live in a his dad lives in a trailer with his sister 
and their poor and stepmom and they're poor they're like white trash people oh yeah yeah i mean super this movie is like the white trash crime movie is like how i would it's almost like a white trash film noir it's like double indemnity but stupid and white trash with dumb Um, white trash people and, yeah, um, and, but, but I, does he ever come across as a dumb white trash person? I don't know. I, the, the, so his character's name is Chris, and Chris definitely comes across as a loser and a dummy. I mean, he's an absolute dope. Yes. He does not think, think things through, um, and he also doesn't care about anybody else. And I mean, his he's, dad, who's played by Thomas Hayden Church, is also just a complete moron. Like, they're dumb people, and they're supposed to be dummies. Well, the difference is, like, so they are both dumb. Thomas Hayden Church, he's kind of just drifting through life. I actually, he's, I like him in this movie. I think I he's too. pretty yeah, good. I think yeah. he's pretty, but he, like, he's just kind of drifting through. He's not ambitious. just kind of like, eh, like, drinking beer and just letting the days wash over him. His kid wakes him up, and they go to a titty bar at, like, 4 in the morning. He's like, eh, all right, I guess I'll get some clothes on. And, and he just kind of agrees. So the, the big plot of the movie is so... There's the actual mother, like... Tom Sorry, it's strip club, titty, titty bars, probably. Yeah. Uh, not a great term, so I'll... Well, I, whatever. So. I mean, that's what people call it, but some people. Um, uh, gentleman's club, if you want to try to be really, like, formal about it, if you prefer that. Um, an establishment for fine gentlemen. But, so, the, the big thing is, so, so Chris, we see, is racing there because he's been kicked out. Chris has been living with his biological mom and he goes to his biological dad straight. He gets kicked out. We find out later because he shoved his mom probably over something pretty stupid. Um, and he decides that what's he, what he's going to do, he's going to pay to have somebody kill his mom. And then his mom's, his sister is going to be the beneficiary in his mom's life insurance policy. Um, he he finds out that his mom has this policy, and so if if he kills her, his sister gets this money, and he thinks, well, we'll get it too. We'll split it. You know, the dad, the brother, and the sister will split the money. And eventually, the the um, stepmom too. There's a little bit of concentration. They're gonna split it. He owes people money. We find out later he's taking money from like loan sharks. And of course, he's an absolute gambling problem. He's an absolute idiot. Yeah, we, um, see, we we see at one point we see him at the racetrack, or and he bets a thousand bucks on a on a race. He has a thousand bucks to buy himself. He does. He uses it to buy a race and says they were, the guy was holding back. It was just stupid. But he's going to convince his dad. He's got to get his dad on board of this before he's going to go and do it. Um, and then so he goes to his dad, convinces his dad, who is convinced by everybody all the time. His dad is just going to like whatever. He just yeah, he's game for whatever. I actually like that about him. He's like, okay, all right, we're gonna kill your mom. All right, let's do it. Like, right. okay, yeah, no, that's fine. And I think it fits. He's just a really unambitious, like, affable's not there, but he just goes with it. He's like, so whatever. He's what like Thomas Hayden Church. I know him from one Sideways, the movie Sideways, which I like that movie. He's one of the villains in Spider-Man Three. And Spider-Man Three, he's the Sandman. That's that's how I know him. But he was in that show. Wings, wings. Wing, yeah, yeah. wings. I never saw it. Never saw an episode. It was a show that it. would come on TV and yep. say, "Oh, damn!" and then change the channel. It's like oh, I, wings I don't on. especially like him as an actor, but I think he's good in this movie. Um, I think he's, I think he's a pretty. I, I like him better than you. He's also, in a, he was in a show with Jennifer Aniston called, or not Jennifer Aniston, um, Sarah Jessica Parker called Divorce, and he gets never divorced. It. It's, it's, it's fine. He's fine. He's good in this. Um, anyway, this is the plan. And we get to meet the guy he's going to hire, hire to kill him is a guy named Joe, Killer Joe, played by Matthew McConaughey, who's a homicide detective in Dallas. 
So another issue with this movie, we're, we get like an hour in before we see McConaughey. Like he's the titular character of the movie. He's he's the killer Joe. It's an hour in before we see him, right? I mean, maybe maybe I don't have the exact time right. No, it's a ways. I, it's we not get an hour, a ways into it's this movie halfway. before he shows up. The movie's like up. an hour forty-five. I bet it's like in the forty-five fifty-minute mark we see him. I bet it's close to halfway through when we first meet him. Yeah, and so uh, he he shows up at their trailer, their trailer park, and because because they contacted him to basically like let's we're gonna pitch you this job to kill my mom or my ex-wife, and he shows up to like get the specifics right well so well this is we get a lot of things i mean we get that chris is an idiot all throughout this right chris is the son who's this is quote unquote his idea his his idea in quotes because we find out later someone planted the idea in his head um with ulterior motives he he doesn't show up he says here's a guy he's got a guy who's going to kill his mom so they can get money to pay off people he has a you know gambling debt to or whatever and he doesn't show up for the appointment. Chris like does. Like he's somewhere it. else. Chris yeah. does. Well, no, well, nobody does. Dottie's at the trailer park. Nobody right. else is. He says, McConaughey, McConaughey shows up at their trailer at the time they specified, and nobody's there except the little sister. She's the only one at home. Yeah, and they, he has a whole interaction with her, which just sets the stage for later stuff. And Chris calls and says, hey. And see, this is where I, I get really confused by Dottie's character. So Dottie's, again, 16 to 20, maybe she's graduated high school. We don't really know. We don't really know how aware of stuff she is. But she's having a conversation with right, Matthew Right, because early on we get uh, the scene where they're they're talking, they're plotting, and all of a sudden it's raining outside, and she's just outside like, with, like, pajamas on. And they say get, she sleepwalks, so that she's sleepwalking. But she's cognizant of what they're talking about, so she's aware but it's also like, who, who is this? Is she supposed to be a little girl? Is she an adult? Do we know? We, we really have no sense of how old this girl is or how aware she is. And, and, and McConaughey shows up at the house. She's the only one there. He, he talks to her, and he kind of flirts with her a bit, but it's oh, clear yeah. he's way older than her. Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, it's, it's creepy from it's the start. It's not it's not okay. It's very uncomfortable. And it's not supposed to be okay. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. I think I don't think we're supposed to be like rooting for this relationship. So I, it's weird. So Juno but, Temple but, Juno Temple plays Dottie, the younger girl. And if anybody has seen Ted Lasso, she's she has a big role in that show. That's the only reason I know who she is. I had never obviously never seen this movie before. But like seeing her in this, is she English in real life? I, she's English in Ted Lasso. I don't know. I, I assume she is, but I don't know. Maybe she's she's, good at, really she's good a with, really good actor then. Good, good with good with accents either yes. way. Either way, whichever one it is, is true. Is she's and she does but a great it, job in this it movie. It makes I, me very uncomfortable. It's supposed to. I okay. mean, it's supposed to. I don't think you're again. Because they talk about is she a virgin? There's a bunch of talk of her being a she, virgin. She is a virgin. I. Th- if she says that, and I believe, and they say she's not dated anybody, and I think well, she is the Emil, virgin. Emil Hirsch, and which is weird, the, the brother and the dad are talking about whether or not she's a virgin, which is a weird ass thing to, to talk. It was weird, about. and the dad gives at her a stri- advice. At a strip Guys club. like big butts. I yeah. just know that from experience. Like, it's creepy and uncomfortable all throughout it. But again, I would argue that you're supposed to be uncomfortable. I, you shouldn't want that relationship to go forward. It's it's uncomfortable. But I was going to bring up the phone rings. Dottie doesn't get it. She says, it's for you. 
she knows that her brother has missed the appointment and is calling to reschedule. She knows that. Like, she's at least... Well, they, they talk about her being like a... Like, she has a, a photographic memory, too. There's some talk of, like, maybe she's a genius? I, I, right. Well, that's where yeah. it's... That's, it's deliberately ambiguous, and I don't know what to make of it. It's it's fascinating to me. I, I, don't, I don't have a firm handle on it, but it's uncomfortable regardless. Whether she's a genius or not, it's very uncomfortable. And I didn't realize she was the woman in uh, Ted Lasso. But now that you say that, I was like, oh, my God. She's actually See, in uh, another show I'm watching, The the Offer, the the show about The Godfather, like the making oh, okay. of The Godfather. She's, she has a big role in that, too. But. but it's like, well, yeah, those are two different roles. I didn't even think about that being the same role. Like, yeah, kudos to her. She does a great job. Um, so then, but anyway, Chris is an idiot, um, goes and meets Chris elsewhere. And, of course, Chris gets the price wrong. It's actually $25,000 instead of 20000 And he's trying to convince a hitman to, like... Who's also a cop. Correct. Has a lot of power and knows what's going on um, and is very ominous and scary. Hey, why don't you do this for us and then we'll pay you after? I'm like, what? what is wrong with your brain, dude? Why would you at all do that? What? See, so, so, so you dumb. thought McConaughey... He comes in. You thought he was scary from the beginning. I was oh, very. You, you thought he was. I thought I was scared. Maybe I'm just bringing that to a movie. I mean, I, I you know, he's he's tender with Dottie, but in a way that's creepy and ominous to me. Um, not in a way that's like, oh, he loves her and it's so sweet. It's like, oh, it's one of those ones where the sweetness is creepy. I see. Again, I and maybe it's McConaughey. I. I thought, I thought he's he was, not as great. He's not as great as I hoped he would be. I would say he's he's not the best he, performance he in the movie. He is at the end of the movie. Towards the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, somebody like turned to switch on him and like let him cook. Because towards the, I mean, we'll get to the fried chicken thing. Like that's when this yeah. movie goes fucking bonkers. And McConaughey is like, all right, I'm just gonna yes. go for this. For for most of the movie, like at least he's three fourths, muted. he's a little muted. He's yeah, a little muted. like I'm like, what's your deal? I didn't couldn't quite get a grasp on what he was like, what his whole purpose was. And actually, I thought he was fair mostly for the most part. McConaughey, his character was like fair to the family, and he actually kind of he he sort of became this sort of surrogate. I don't know, older brother to them where he was had this relationship with this girl who was, I don't know, was she 12? You're saying 16. Maybe she was even younger than that. I don't know. Well, she can't have been 12. We think she's supposed to be 12. I I have, I, in her room, she had posters of Of like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Justin Bieber. Her room looked like a 12 year old's room or a 14 year old's room. I don't know. I, it, it, trying to think about it makes me very uncomfortable but anyways he sure. sort of became this like surrogate to the family and he was fair to them and everything was fine until the money the money situation got obviously See, i i assume he knew i mean i think he got the read on chris in the start and is like okay we're done this guy's an idiot but because he became enamored with dotty he knew he could exploit the situation to his benefit but why did he get so mad when the the money you know, we'll get to the plot, the sort of the A turning point in the movie. But sure. like, um, he got, up until the time where he was realized he wasn't gonna get paid, he was like totally cool and like, well, whatever. he's like sleeping over. He's at their house, at their trailer, and having sex with Dottie. Yeah, yeah, in in weird ways, in like very uncomfortable ways. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. We see it. It's not, it's, it's off putting to put it mildly. The, there, um, there are not sex scenes like that in movies. Now you're not going to go to the theater in 2022 and see a movie that has a sex scene like that. Well, maybe, maybe in a horror movie, you might. Well, uh, no, but I, yeah, almost nobody went to the theater because this was NC-17. I mean, very huge flop. The, or not huge, but it was a big flop. It cost ten million. It made like four. It was a because yeah, because William freaking wouldn't cut the the chicken fried chicken scene to try to get it an R. Oh, that's what it was. That was it. Okay. That was what what took it over the top. Yeah. So this is an NC-17 movie. It's yeah. They, they, well, I think it's unrated technically. Um, we didn't cut it. And the Amazon stream is unrated because there is an R-rated version on DVD that you can find where the chicken scene is cut. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this was William Freakin's vision. And I, I at least respect him for like, a, this is the choice that we have to make. This is, this is for the movie. This is what has to happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compromise. Well, so we're, we're into this podcast. Why don't you, for the people that are listening, you know, there are listeners, our lovely listeners. Why don't you break down the chick, the chicken sequence? We'll get there. People. So, all right. So I'm, I'm going to do just a smidge more setup. Cause we find out, he kills this this is why he's such a sociopath. He kills the mother. Um, and she's in his trunk like all day while he goes to work as a cop. Right? He's got her in his trunk. And Emil Hirsch's character, Chris, is is just an absolute moron and shows up at the police station to tell to tell Joe to not do the murder. He's like, don't do it. I it's just she has a change she, of heart. He has some sort of change of heart. And uh, Joe doesn't say anything. He just basically has him get in the car and they drive and they go to the parking lot of a barbecue place somewhere in the middle of who knows where Texas. And he opens the trunk of the car. This kid has been sitting in the parking lot at a police station all day and her body's there. And they move the body over, puts booze on it and lights a cigarette and blows up the car so that there's not really any way to do an autopsy and see how she died. Um, and it turns out that the beneficiary wasn't Dottie. It was this guy named Rex who was the boyfriend of the mom. And Rex is the one that mentioned this policy to Chris, the son and said Dottie was the beneficiary, but he knew it was him himself. And he's also the one that mentioned killer Joe and recommended killer Joe as a hitman to do the job. And it was a double indemnity situation. So the payout was double. So it was a hundred thousand and none of the family got it at all. Not, not a one. Um, it all went to this Rex guy. Matthew McConaughey was watching, understood Killer Joe. He, he pulls this Rex guy over, finds photos that show that. So this is where the names are going to get confusing. But Ansel is the dad, the biological dad who's married to Greta Gershon, um, whose name I can't recall right now. But she she was having sex with the boyfriend. Gina Gershon is the actor. Yeah, that's what I said. Gina Gershon, the, the actor. I don't know what her character's name is, but anyway, she's, she was having sex with Rex, and they decided to use Chris, who, as I have to say, is an absolute idiot, um, to to get him to do this plot so that they could actually make all the money and keep the $100,000. Um, and presumably he kills Rex. We don't see that happen, but it's implied that Rex is dead somewhere. Um, so Joe shows up at the trailer and we've got Ansel, the dad, Ansel's wife, Greta Gershon, um, and Dottie are all at the trailer. And she's come back from the funeral for you know, the mother, the ex-wife of her current husband. 
and she's brought a little K-fried seed. Check for a chicken for supper. They're going to eat. Ask Matthew McConaughey if he wants a piece, and he asks for a leg. It says, please set it on a napkin on the counter. Slowly, he unveils that he has this evidence that Greta Gershon has been cheating on Ansel, that he intended to Gina have Gina Gershon. What did I say? Greta? Gina. Greta. Her name's Gina Gershon. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Gina. Apologies. Apologies, Gina. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> that she's been cheating, that she intended to keep this money with Rex and get half of it, and they were just using Chris the whole time to do this. Um, the tension slowly builds where it gets really, really scary. And at one point he punches her in the face. This is where it's like a super risky performance. This is where I don't know many straight up mainstream- socks are right in the nose. Correct. Blood, She's like calling him. Pours He's out like, of her nose. It is. Uh, yeah. It is a brutal, like punches a woman right and this in the is nose. A well-established, yeah. well-liked actor in Hollywood taking what I would call a big risk. And so this is one of those things. Oh, I, I do what, admire what, for having the what freaking does to Gina Gershon in this movie. I can't think of another actor like being being uh what's the right um down no what what's the right term she's completely like he makes just disgusting what he does to her oh it's degrading he degrades her in a way that i i don't think any actor i've ever seen in a movie but yes yeah it's horrific anyway hits her because she keeps calling him names um and then he threatens to cut her face off and wear her face as a mask, Cannibal Lecter style. And he said, oh, you need a boyfriend? I'll be your boyfriend. He takes the chicken leg, sets it between his legs just below his junk, and has her give head to the chicken leg. And has her pretend. And it's, it's insane. She has to do it. He asks her to moan. And he pretends to get off. It's totally he, like, insane. He chokes her with it. it I mean, it is... I've never seen anything like that in a movie. I really no, haven't. No, I, I haven't. That's a, it really is idiosyncratic in a horrific way. And this, Matthew McConaughey, Oscar winner. He had won an Oscar at that point. But no, like, it's coming in a couple of years. Yep, he, he's getting Big there, name is, actor Matthew McConaughey is doing this like to to another woman, another human being in a movie. It's 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 literally the craziest. And her husband is watching the whole time because he's just found out that she cheated on him and was having his son. He lets her. He lets him do it. He's like yeah. he's like you you. What at one point he says something like you made your own bed or you did this but, basically. Yeah, but this is all Joe's idea. He just goes along with. It. This is just another case of him just like going with whatever. I mean, he's yeah. Just but Thomas walking. Hayden Church is like okay. You, this is what you deserve, which. Like, there's part of you that's like, oh, she I think did, he seems, yeah, I don't know. He she cheated on him and, and planned to kill this guy to get money and steal it from him. Like, at, at one point, McConaughey it breaks it down to him. He's like, she cheated on you and she stole all your money. Like, could it get any worse than this? He's he like, says, yeah. I, it, can, it could get worse, I guess. And Hansel's like, how? He's like, yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, it couldn't it really get much worse. You're right. As a, as this is about as bad as a wife could do to yeah, us. Yeah. And, and all of this is he sets this up. It's like he knows that Chris wants to take Dottie away because he the, the fucked up part is he uses Dottie as a quote unquote retainer. Like, OK, I'm going to commit this murder, but I get Dottie in the. Yeah, because normally he wanted, the mon- he wanted the money up front and they didn't have any money, but he agrees to do it because he, he liked Dottie. Who's maybe sixteen? I don't. It's we don't, tough. It's, 
it's up for debate, but that you have to debate is part of what makes it awkward and uncomfortable. And to me, even if she's 20, it's still awful. Um, it, it really, it, it's terrible. I guess even it if she's more 30, it's, uh, it's not great, yeah, I mean, but it's, like, it makes a difference if she's 20 or 16, sure. you know, I, I think mean, but. people can have the debate about how old she is if they, if they want, I, it, it's, me, it's, yeah, nev- I don't it's never it. clear. I just want to make sure like, they never say her age in the movie. You no, know, no, right? no. They make it ambiguous, and and how aware she is is ambiguous. These are things about her agency and her age that we don't know um, at all. We just we just don't know. Um, but he says Chris is going to come try to take her away, which is what his goal. Because he's in such trouble, he owes this guy six grand that he can't pay. Who's said he's going to kill him? He owes Joe money, um, and he's really just. I mean, really stupid. I mean. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll get to something in a little. I mean, just, it's just like every every utterance that Chris says is she's just an absolute moron and he's just oblivious. Um, but he says Chris is going to come and try to take Dottie, but Dottie's mine, and you two are going to help me. And they both agree to help. So Chris comes in a little bit later, completely uninterested in the fact that um, Gina Gershon's face is just a bloody mess. Doesn't ask about it. Doesn't care. Kind of sees it, does it, is it a, and he also says, and this is where I was like, this guy, what audacity this guy. He says, you guys started eating without me? This guy who just had screwed over the family royally by not knowing about the policy and invited this Joe guy to life was going to whine about people eating without him. It's I mean, it also a, weird that he didn't notice his stepmom was bleeding. I said that, few, yeah. She, she I, doesn't, doesn't take any he notice He just sits it. down and he's like, he doesn't even mention it. They have a whole conversation then. At some, po- at some point he does t- say something like, what happened to you? But it's like, she's fucking blood's pouring out of her face. Yeah, most people would be like, that would be the first thing you'd come yeah. out of. You'd be like, oh my God, what happened? But he's just like, whatever. Uh, and he says, you know, he's got, we saw that he has, we know that he has a gun. And it's kind of showdown. And he pulls the gun out on Joe, but because he's broken down uh, the other two so much, Gina Krishan grabs a steak knife, stabs Chris in like the shoulder or something. And then Matthew kind of jumps in and grabs like a, a can of beans or whatever it is and smashes him in the face over and over again. Well, the guy, the kid's dad is holding him down saying, I got him, Joe, get him, Joe. Like, that's how awful these people are that they've just been turned on and his own son and Dottie then gets the gun shoots Chris kind of accidentally kind of accidentally shoots Ansel shot in the stomach and is pointing the gun at Joe and then says she's pregnant and like Joe starts to almost cry with joy it's very unsettling and she's got a finger on the trigger and then it cuts to credit so we don't you know you don't get just straight up ends like what an insane way to end a movie. Yeah, you don't get I, I was any... just like, what? Yeah. Uh, I've never been more like, it's this huge crescendo. McConaughey's a maniac. He's, you're, all of this, and then people get shot, and then just, boom, movie's over. With no resolution. It, it's, it's one of the most insane endings to a movie. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, he's, he's playing, so maybe he marries Dottie. Maybe Dottie kills him. We don't know. What was the point of any of it? I don't... Well, that's the question. I mean, what's going on? Um, we'll try to figure out if there was a point to any of it. Um, I, I'll try to bring a little bit of context to the existence of this thing in the first place. But Eric, did you laugh even once in this movie? Uh, I, I 
was it supposed to be funny? I, I, I wasn't sure. At one point, I, I'm like, it feels like maybe this is a black comedy. Some I laughed a little bit of how dumb they were. There was a little, there was, I think, there were clear clear indications that, like, these people are supposed to be beyond stupid and what, what they're yeah, doing. I mean, he has disdain for these characters, for sure. But, I mean, I laughed once, like an actual hearty laugh. And I think it was just because I was so uncomfortable. Uh, but when... Joe is showing pictures to Ansel. I was like, is that your dick? Is that oh, your dick? Oh, yeah, yeah. I burst out laughing. And again, maybe because things were so tense that I was just looking for some kind of outlet. But that was just so absurd. Like, just the, like showing him pictures, like, is that, is that your dick? I couldn't stop laughing at that, that, so, that absurdity. But that was it. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be comedy or not. It doesn't go full on from, drama. From either. that that point out, McConaughey is doing some serious work, though. Like oh, he's it's, it's he is losing his mind on screen, and I mean, uh, down to the the making Gina Gershon give him fellatio with the chicken wing, like that that is some high level. It's even worse acting. than a wing. It's a leg. I mean, it's not even a wing. It's it's no. It's a dr- It's a drumstick. It's a drumstick. He asked for a leg. Uh, I, a but leg. I think it's a drumstick. We don't need to argue about what fucking chicken okay. part it is. I think maybe we do. I this think is it's a drumstick, but you know you can you can YouTube it. I'm on it. team. It's a leg. Eric thinks it's a drumstick. Okay. okay yeah. Shout at us if if you have an opinion on that. Yes. <laughs> but but from that point on, he like that's when I'm like, okay, this is McConaughey. Some somebody turned the nozzle off, and he's just he lost his mind, and it's it's great. It really is great. Like. It's worth the price of admission just to see him lose his mind and act like a maniac. But up until that point in the movie, he's very like, uh, he's like very, um, he's almost like anal retentive about measured. everything. Yes, measure everything that happens. Yeah, he's like OCD kind of about it, the way everything's set up, and and then he just goes crazy. But it felt bottled up. I mean, when he's having his first, well, not his first, the the date, the organized date with Dottie. And she makes like a tuna casserole. I mean, it was ominous. And I mean, you know, he doesn't want to hurt her. It's weird. It was definitely weird. It's very uncomfortable. He's like, tuna casserole. Oh, God. <laughs> it was just unsettling. But I mean, so, yeah, he was holding it back. But there's something about that. Because there's the another scene of just like absolute insanity mixed with like just mundane conversation. There's the guy that Chris owes money to, right? These two biker dudes eventually chase him down, like whack him in the leg. And then this guy comes out of the truck, pickup truck, and has like a bullshit small talk conversation with him, like laughs with him. And then it's like, I'm going to have the boys beat the shit out of you. And then, uh, you know, I'll bury you. If I don't have money in two days, I'm going to bury you out in the yeah, desert. Yeah, because he likes him. Yeah, he liked him. It's so, but it's such a bizarre contrast with like this formal Southern kind of way of talking mixed with just this utter animal brutality. Um, they both seem to have that, that kind of, contrast because yeah i mean he's even though it's scary he's like i didn't insult you he says that to to gina gershon like i'm not calling you names it's very scary she's very threatened but he takes it very personally that she says you motherfucker or something like that to him you give him that insult and he really doesn't like that that was crossing some weird boundary for him um no it's, it's not a boring movie um it takes a little while to get mad at mccartney but i don't i don't think the beginning the setup is that dull um it's not as it's not as eventful as the end. The end is, is just unhinged madness. Uh, but yeah, that 
the ending is is next level. I mean, I'm like, oh yeah, this this is an NC-17 movie. I mean, no argument that that rating is not valid in this case. And it's so we get we get a but only you know, because of tone. There's not an insane amount of violence in this movie, except for the punching. But like, there's only a few people that get like Pulp Fiction is more violent than this movie. Well, you, you get some vagina shots. Um, the, 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 yeah, I mean the like movie early opens on, like one of the early shots with the uh, yeah. trailer opening. Camera's right on crotch line. Yeah, and he's like, put put it away. Yeah, th- there is that. Um, um, and the sex scene, even though it's not it's not gratuitous in terms of like yeah what you see. But you could have easily cut it out, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have changed the movie in any way. No, like, that the, that scene especially, but the yeah, but the, the sex scene is just it's really gross. I mean, you don't see anything, but so much awfulness is inferred just just below the frame. I there's so so much of this movie. I'm like, why, why, why are we doing this? Like, why is it? Why did you make her so young? Why did you make it so graphic? There's no reason for it. Is it just because like because of Tarantino? I I don't know. I don't I don't understand it. Explain it to me. Like freaking so freaking is you know like I said. Exorcist is one of the greatest horror, maybe the greatest horror movie ever well, made. Think about what's shocking in 2011, though. Like, so is it Exorcist, is it trying to be shocking though? Is well, that Exorcist what it, in 1973 really shocked people? I mean, it, it raised the bar for graphic, vile, awful stuff. I mean, obviously we came along after it, and I don't see Exorcist, and I think it's more funny and entertaining and a little bit it's scary. It's scary as hell. It's scary as hell. Oh, it, it doesn't scare me a little bit, but mostly I just. When, when she utters lines, I, I mean, I'm just laughing because it's so ridiculous, but um, that was really shocking. How old would your kids have to be before you'd let them watch The Exorcist? 16? If she wants to watch it, uh, she's my, and my daughter's 13 and I watch it with her, I'd probably be okay with it. 13, uh, okay. But I wouldn't, like, show it to her. I wouldn't be like, you need to see Exorcist. You're like, I really want to well, watch it. She's Exorcist. like, Dad, what's the best horror movie? I don't know. Halloween? Exorcist? Like, what, what are you doing? The thing, oh, I don't know. Um, the thing is up there. That one really still gets to me. Um, I have to really think. Jaws still gets to me. Um, I mean, I showed my kids the Jaws, but, but oh man, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a conversation I want to have. Did you yeah. just? Let's not get too sidetracked. But did you regret it? Not one bit. They loved it. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Awesome. Um, but I. I Anyway, my point is, but that's not shocking anymore. Like, The Exorcist isn't, you're not like, oh, my God, this is so crazy and shocking compared to, I mean, it's like, okay. You know, people aren't trying to censor The Exorcist anymore. I mean, what, what, what a shock. This is one of the more shocking things I've seen in a long time. Um, so there's a bit of pushing that envelope. But let's talk about the history of this. So this killer just started off as a play in the early 90s. So the playwright is a guy named Tracy Letts. Yeah, let's talk about Tracy Letts. This guy, if anybody has seen the show Winning Time, he's in the he's in that show. He plays Jack McKinney, the coach. Yeah, he's like, also in Ford versus Ferrari. He plays Ford. Yeah, w- William Ford. Yeah, so he's an actor. Yep, he's, yeah, he's, he's a playwright stuff. mostly. Yeah, he started off as a playwright. He's gotten into well, at least movie acting later. But um. So he did Kill Joe in the early 90s. Um, he also did another play called Bug, which William Friedkin did as a movie in like 2006, which I've never seen. Um, so this is the second of Tracy Letts' plays that William Friedkin is one to direct. Bug's, Bug's pretty creepy horror movie. 
Okay, you've seen it. Okay. I have seen it. Yeah, it's a little, little like a uh, beetle things that get into people. Okay. It's gross. Yeah, sounds sounds unpleasant. Um, and Tracy, that's also wrote August Osage County. Have you ever seen that one, Eric? No, don't. No idea what that is. It's a big actory movie. Meryl Streep's in it, and she's like the matriarch of this family that comes back for some some reason. I don't know if there's a funeral or what, but everybody comes back, and there's a lot of angry, intense emotions. Um, a lot of family secrets are revealed, and it's it's Meryl Streep being her nastiest, and I mean that like she's she's incredible. I mean she's being an old like psycho bitch, and it's great. She does a great job in it. Um, but he directed that one, and that one is probably. You know, that one was more overtly loved. I mean, that got some ACA nominations. I don't remember if people won for it or not, but there definitely were some nominated performances from it. But um, so it existed before this. I mean, you're kind of like, why did William Friedkin want to make the movie? And that's a great question. What's the takeaway here? I, I, it's hard to, to say, but there's just something about, I don't know. I mean, this is where I kind of sort of like, what was really the point? I don't have a good answer to that question. Um, I mean, it's shocking. It's not boring. But what what what's the theme here? What what are we pulling out thematically? What's going on underneath the surface here? I don't. Family. I I can't say. I, I yeah, don't family's horrible. Um, because Killer Joe is awful. But what the family does to Dottie is equally as awful, from my perspective. I mean, they basically treat her like a sex slave. They put her into indentured servitude all because they want to kill a different person so they can get money. And even if this had worked, I mean, Chris was going to lose all the money, right? Emil Hirsch's character was, who wasn't going to do anything with that money. He was just going to burn it in a couple months at most. And the money's gone and he's back to being broke. Um, because that's just the kind of guy he is. He just isn't, he's going to gamble it all away or whatever. I mean, it's, it's not going to matter. Um, and these people are all awful. William Friedkin seems to think they're awful. Um, Boy, I don't know. Yeah, it's basically Freakin's last movie. He made a documentary in 2017, but it's essentially his his final film. And that might not be his choice. I mean, like, if you're a movie studio person and you're like, oh, I spent $10 million on this and it didn't even make that, I'm not going to give this guy money to make a movie anymore. He might just be like, hey. Yeah, but Netflix isn't like, here's $10 million, make a whatever you want and let's see they make worse movies than this uh, no maybe he didn't want to deal with streaming or maybe he is done i don't know couldn't really tell you for sure um it's it's a weird choice there's always a bizarre choices here and i just don't i just don't know what's going on um it's i've kind of like struggled it was like what's happening here what is this movie about really uh, I don't think it's an indictment of people being poor. These people are just particularly awful. Um, these people are all selfish or, you know, unmotivated, have no sense of right and wrong, or maybe they're just so downtrodden they don't care. I don't really know, but like, Chris isn't likable. I mean, he's an idiot all the way through. I never once liked him at all. Um Ansel's kind of likable because he's kind of a little bit zen, I guess. And that he's like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to float through life. I mean, you know, it's, but, it's a it's a decent, like, grimy, white trash kind of dirt crime movie. If, I mean, if you it's like, not a bad movie. I don't even think that. I mean, I like it more than I don't like it. It just, 
I was kind of like, what, what, what's the, t- what's going on here? What is this saying about anything? You know, most movies will have some sort of, you know, thematic resonance. There's no character arcs here. Um, other than they're just all awful and it inevitably leads to this horrible outcome. But it's like no, nobody grows or learns. There's not really a conflict of ideas. I, I don't know. I'm going to sit there and like scratching my head afterwards. Like, woof. What's happening? I don't know. That sounds like you were also in a similar spot, Eric. Yeah, I mean, if I w- w- would I recommend this movie to other people? Probably not. not I'd most say pro- people. It's I probably particular- say Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, unless you're unless you want to watch like some dirty white trash people try to commit a crime and be dummies and screw it up and then watch McConaughey just be a fucking maniac and lose his mind is this maybe some of mcconaughey's best work I, maybe i he he's he's a good actor he he's hit and miss for me he's hit and miss for me like but he's, he's a good not great actor i would say um that's my feeling on him i mean sometimes he really works sometimes he doesn't True Detective, i think he's phenomenal that, yeah, that's probably his best performance i mean I, I think... yeah I, I i would say probably so uh dallas buyers club he's very good yeah that's and that's better than this one, I think. Ultimately, um, yeah, yeah. But and he can do really good. He can do really good stuff. This movie is at the it's top tier McConaughey for me. Oh, it's up there. And I even if it's not, I mean, I I again, I admire the risk. This is just like Will Smith would never be in a movie like this. This is one was like I don't admire Will Smith's choices because he's. Always playing it safe and yeah, playing. Does he read the screenplay and like, okay, at some point you're gonna force a woman to give you fellatio with a chicken wing, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Like, what? Why is he not like pushing back and saying like, I'm not gonna do that? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he probably he didn't make a ton of money, but the budget's ten million. I mean, he probably didn't get paid buco bucks to be in it either. So, I think he just did. He just want to shake his reputation that badly um i don't really know it's it's a crazy choice um i don't know what convinced him to do it man my best guess was like he's like yeah i'll take less money because i'm done with being like romantic comedy guy you know this is this time he was he was just i'm gonna be in a romantic comedies and that's i'm gonna make a bunch of money to not have my shirt on and to just be kind of a cool dude and then this is this is just a complete change i mean there's nothing redeeming about his character is there a scenario where like this movie wins him an oscar is that what he's thinking no. you know no no i think this is more like he's trying to show his range to everybody else in the industry and saying like i'm not just this guy you know like equivalent of, like if you're like a child star or something like that you're like i'm not just doing a kid performance i need to do something racy uh so people can see that i can be an adult performer and i can do different well, stuff that's, that's like I think. travolta being in pulp fiction is like uh, I look what I can do, and then oh wow, look look what he can do. Now he's gonna be in everything, you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. that sort of like stretch stretch roll where stretch roll is a good way to think of it. Like, this looks different. This is just out of the usual. I normally wouldn't get cast. I wouldn't get offered a part like this. Uh, people would just put me in my box, and I, I want to show that I can. It worked. I mean, now look at him now. You know, that's 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 my best guess is why he decided to do this. Like, all right, I, I got to take a risk and do this to to not keep getting the same kind of parts offered. Um, it's 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 wild. Um, it is very very wild.
I wish I had something more insightful to say because I, I I think there's potentially something there, but I don't have a handle on it. So when I, I kind of want to read some other people's takes on it and see if they can they can get my brain flowing because I'm kind of stumped. But um, should we move on to uh, giving our, our letterbox rating here? Sure. What's your, what do you got rating it? I admire movies that take risks. I like movies that do weird, different stuff, even if it doesn't land. Or in this case, I'm really wondering, what are these risks for? So I'd give it a three and a half out of five. Um, it wasn't boring. And it, it's, it's some parts of it are unlike stuff you've ever seen before. Um, even if I'm ultimately left wondering, you know, what the hell was any of this for? But that, that's me. What about you, Eric? Uh, I think I gave it. I give it three stars. Okay. It's a three-star movie. Um, I I really like movies like this, like this genre of you know dirt crime, like trash crime. Like I, I like movies like that. You know, this is like Coen Brothers have made all of their movies are this. I just think they're more skillful at it. And they they find a way to make you more invested in the characters. You I like I, the characters more. That's the thing. Like in Fargo, you could do the same thing, but you like the characters. I didn't like and, anybody in this movie. Right, exactly. Except for maybe Dottie, maybe. But, but even, even her, I had questions of her, like like I said, mental acuity or like she was kind of in on it a little bit too. She oh, knew the plot. Yeah, of she, the, yeah she knew that the mom was going to get killed. She's like, you're going to kill my mama. And she also apparently remembered her mom trying to kill her as a baby, at least she claimed to. Um, this is where, like, her character is the biggest mystery in this movie. And I guess, yeah, unlocking that is probably a big key to interpreting what you think of Dottie. Um, yeah, it's baffling. No, you're, I mean, you're right. Like, there's nobody likable at all. There's nothing to, like, when you think of, like, a classic film more, like Double Indemnity, right? That's a movie where, was it Fred McMurray and um, Barbara Stanwyck or whatever, like, they're plotting to kill a man. It's a despicable thing, but you like the people. They're charismatic, and even if they're ultimately doing something vile, um, you're kind of rooting or, or interested in what's going on, and you identify with them. Yeah, like like they talk about killing the mom, and then Emile Hirsch is like, oh, you know, she's she's not a great mom, but we don't see her being like a maniac, like. We kind of feel bad that they killed her. It's like, why did you kill this lady? Like, just because you wanted the money? Like, if yeah. you if there had been some reason for it other than they just wanted some money, if she, if she had been like a bad person or bad mom, I mean, I think you're supposed to believe that she's not a great person. Uh, but you can't trust these characters. Like, their version of events seems right. Like he shoved her. Like Emil Hurst shoved her. It, well, and they keep that. saying, they keep insinuating that she, he's done that before. That oh, oh, would you hit? Yeah, you hit her, and she, he wouldn't admit to it until after he was pressed like three or four times. Yeah, she was bugging me, so I slammed her up against the fridge. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, you're a main. You're just is she the only one with any decency or respect? Is that yeah. why like they don't like her? She has standards or goals or I mean, yeah, you don't know. It's tough to just believe that she's bad, and it's it's so bizarre. Um, I mean, there are other movies with bad people in it. I mean, I think of like Ace in the Hole. I, I don't know how likable a lot of those characters are really, but there's like satire and criticism there that is, is readily apparent. And I just don't know what satire and criticism is there for this one. I mean, yeah, who, who are we rooting for in this movie? And what's the problem? What's you, nobody? I mean, you're rooting for nobody. 
There's nobody that's likable in this. Ansel's the least dislikable. Um, it's only because he's just kind of mildly. I got it. I mean, it's they all suck. There, there was another. See, this is where sometimes I thought it was like a comedy moment, like when they go to like the insurance office, and Gina Gershon and and Thomas Hayden Church are there. And he's got the brown suit on, and there's like a thread. Oh yeah. Thing, and she pulls it off, and then it comes off. That's like a comedy bit. It's where sometimes yeah, his a sleeve district, falls off. Yeah. And he's yeah. got one shirt like a sleeve down. Like that's where it's like, wait, is this, is this supposed to be a comedy? But yeah, you just you don't like the characters, and you can have movies where you don't like the characters, but there's usually some sort of critique there, or something, something. And I, I couldn't I couldn't find it in it, but. I mean, I, it was fascinating. It's, it's been fun to think about, even though I've not gotten anywhere with it. Okay, Ben, do you want to give your five yeah, degrees? Let's, let's do it. Um, so let's start with uh, Gina, don't call me Greta Gershon. And I, I think I'm mixing her up with Greta Gerwig. I think is what's happening in my brain. But um, Gina Gershon you know, plays the stepmom in this. She also is taking a lot of risk or is just going through hell in this performance. I mean, why she did this movie is fascinating to me because, yeah, she's, I don't know, I'm fascinated. But um, by all the people's choices to be in this movie, it's what's going on there. Um, But she is in a movie called Showgirls. Have you ever seen Showgirls, Eric? I have seen Showgirls. Yes, I think if I remember correctly, she's like the head showgirl that Jessica Barkley dethrones in Vegas. There's been like a uh, reevaluation of that movie where I think some people think it's like a great movie. It was, uh, you know, I think thought of at the time as like a completely well, stupid movie. Well, Paul Verhoeven, I think people give him a lot more credit as a satirist. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's why you look at what else is done. You think, okay, I think there's elements of satire here that we're just not picking up because it's like showgirls in Vegas and there's. Is Killer Joe a satire? Is that what that? This well, movie why, is. That's why I wonder. But see, but here's an example. Like, so Elizabeth Berkeley, right? She's in Showgirls. She'd been in Saved by the Bell, and she wants to show, hey, I can be an adult and look at what I can do. And she does that movie to like get away from playing a high school kid, you know, or whatever that she played in Saved by the Bell. I think a similar concept to Matthew Kennedy doing Killer Joe. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. See, this is why I think I want to say there's a set, but I don't know what the set is in Killer Joe. But anyway, so Showgirls also has Kyle McLaughlin. Who is in Heineken, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Blue Velvet, um, with an also unhinged performance by Dennis Hopper. Have you ever seen Blue Velvet, Eric? I've seen some of it. I don't think I've seen the entire movie. So yeah, Dennis Hopper is pretty. David Lynch is a guy that I have gaps. I have big gaps in, in right. his filmography. And some of his movies are tough. I mean, I've seen parts of Lost Highway, but I, I just boy. Never seen I Lost Highway. I, I see Lost Highway. I'm like, oh man, what, what's this, happening? This fall, I watch. What's the one with the the baby little baby weird thing? Eraserhead. That movie is absolutely bonkers. Oh. One of the. Yeah. I mean, you got a baby in your arms right now while we're recording this. Oh yeah, I and mean, uh, that movie made me change the way I look at babies. I it's crazy. It does, yeah. It doesn't make them look appealing. It makes them look really, really awful. Um. By the way, Blue Velvet, I mean, Blue Velvet is more accessible than a lot of his other ones. It's not as insane as Mulholland Drive. Uh, well, I think Mulholland Drive is one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, you like, love Mulholland? Okay, interesting. Well, incredible. It, 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 the plot of Blue Velvet is not so difficult to discern. Um, 
But anyway, Dennis Hopper's in it. Dennis Hopper's also in Gunfight at Oak Corral, 1957 Western, about Tombstone, Wyatt Earp. Um, Burt Lancaster's in it. And uh, Burt Lancaster's in Field of Dreams. So, nice work. Uh, I also went with Gina, don't call me Greta Gershon in Killer oh. Joe. She's in a movie called Bound. Have you ever seen is this that, movie? No, is that the Wachowskis? Wachowskis' first movie. Yep, I've not seen a it. Really great, great, it, a very similar movie uh, in terms of like crime noir, like neo noir, new new movie. Uh, she's equally great in that movie as well. Uh, highly okay. recommend that. Uh, Joe Pantaleone is in that movie, the guy Joey from the Pants. Matrix. Joe oh, yeah. Pants from the Matrix. Um, he's great in that movie too. He's in The Fugitive, which is you know one of my all timers. Fugitive. I've never movie. seen The Fugitive, Eric. I have to say, you've never seen The Fugitive. Holy Correct. shit! That's insanity. Okay. Uh, we might need to correct that on the Pot of Dreams. Okay. Um, give me give me any homework assignment you want, Eric. Harrison Ford is in The Fugitive. Of course. And he's in a movie called Star Wars. Have you heard of this this film? No, I've never seen Star Wars. Star Should we correct that as well? Uh, James Earl Jones does the voice for this character named Darth Vader in oh. Star Wars. Darth is okay. Interesting. Yeah, he does the is voice. Like a surfer guy. He's in Field of like, Dreams. Oh, here comes Darth. Darthing around on a surfboard. Is that? Yeah, you got it. He surfs okay. around as. Hey. Let's get stoned over pizza. I'm Darth. <laughs> Sounds like an awful movie. I'm, I don't want to see that. Okay. So, yeah, that's my five degrees of Field of Dreams oh. connecting Killer Joe to the f- greatest movie of all time, Field of Dreams, in five movies. If you want to do it at home. Can you tell do- people that you visited Field of Dreams recently, Eric? Can you I share have, that? I recently vi- visited uh, Dyersville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a town in in Iowa. If you've never been there, it's where they filmed. Dyersville, Iowa is in Iowa. Are you serious? It's in Iowa. Dyersville, Iowa isn't in Kansas. The Field of Dreams. Okay. Um, went there with the family. They got a baseball field. They're actually playing a major league baseball game in mid-August. I think it's going to be the Cubs and the White Sox. I believe are playing. Um, uh, playing there. They were just setting up the bleachers and stuff when we were out there. Uh, you can pay for a tour of the house. So if you've seen the movie Field of Dreams, the the Kevin Costner's family lives in a house right off where they build the field. That's actually where they filmed the movie. Uh, you can do a tour of the house. We didn't actually do the tour of the house. They wanted like 20 bucks or something like that a person. I'm like, I'm not paying that. That's, that's highway that's, robbery, that's sir. That's crazy. Yeah, I can see the house. Like I, you know, But the, apparently they actually filmed it in the house so that's you know movie history, but we we didn't go in there. But I highly recommend it for anybody that can make the trip. Do it. It's a fun day. They they have like concessions out there. You can get hot dogs and stuff. And like I said, they're playing a major league baseball game there in August. Yeah, they did that last year or two years ago. Yeah, they it was, did. And it, was yeah. Like- it was last year. Kevin Costner was there. He did a whole thing. It was crazy. Yeah. How do you get a ticket to that game? Are they just crazy expensive? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably SeatGeek. Sponsored by SeatGeek, this segment does. Yes, thank you to SeatGeek for their generous sponsorship of this podcast. Oh, so generous. Thank you, SeatGeek. All right, so next week, 
Next week's movie, we uh, we've been doing a little trivia, uh, give a few clues, and see if you can guess what the movie is. Uh, so I'll give five clues to guess. Ben will guess what the next movie is. Play along at home. You know, uh, see if you can guess yourself. So here we go. Five clues. Clue number Sweet. one. Ben, you ready? Very ready. Also, clue number one. One of the main characters in this movie sings a song titled "Green Door." Okay, but unhelpful. Not helpful. You don't have it. No. Uh, clue number two. A Taco Bell is seen in a key part of this movie. Okay, I think I have a guess, but I'm going to save it for now. Go ahead. I'm going to save it. Okay. Uh, there's a sequence in this movie that takes place in Italy. Okay. Not helping? No. Don't remember Italy in the movie I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, clue number four. So, two more clues. Yep. Before you got, you got to have to, got to guess. Clue number four. Kurt Russell plays a character named Randy Lloyd in this movie. Okay. Uh, that just tells me my guess was way off, so give me the last clue. All right, last clue. Uh, I think you should get it from this, but uh, an LSD lace cigarette and a flamethrower are used in this movie. Oh, are we really going to do um, the most recent Tarantino movie, the name of which I can't recall? Um, That's right, my friend. We are going to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, I guess we're going to argue about this movie. All right. The next movie on the Pot of Dreams. Okay. Check it out. Um, I don't know where you can stream it. I own it. But if you if you can get your hands on it, check it out. Watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's the movie we're doing next week on the Pot of Dreams. Ben, anything else you want to say about Killer Joe? Um, it's finger looking good. It's finger looking good. Yeah. Are you eating fried chicken right now? You, you know, sick pervert. Yeah. Are you ever going to look at Kentucky fried chicken the same? Are uh, you able to just be able to take? I don't know if I'll to... look at Matthew McConaughey the same. Ooh, okay. It didn't affect my view on fried chicken. It so you're able have... to take the family out to fried chicken and just be like, oh, whatever, we're having fried chicken. I, I'll tell you, Gina Gershon, like that, that she committed to that and let that happen to her. What an actor! I know it's what an actor. She should have won an Oscar for I, that. I like all the performances except for Emil Hirsch's, and even then, I'm kind of like. Emil Hirsch works. is also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. By the way, I I realized that recently that he's he's gonna be, we're going back to back with Emil Hirsch, an actor I don't care for very much. But who does he play in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, he plays C- something Sebring. He lives at the house at Celio Drive with Sharon Tate. Um, he's like oh. their friend. They're 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 he's like the third wheel. Got it. Okay. At one point, um, I think uh, Steve, Mc- the, the guy that plays Steve McQueen, or, or he, yeah, he's playing Steve McQueen. T- tells he tells somebody in the movie that they used to date Sharon Tate and Sebring dated, and then they broke up, and then he married um, Roman Polans- or She married Roman Polanski. Okay. Okay. I don't know. He's in it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good. 
everybody thank you so much bye dreams bye bye